0: Yeah, I just think his character is so unnecessary.
1: You're unnecessary.
0: I'm not saying he's not funny. It's just like, it doesn't... I'm pretty sure that's
1: exactly what you said. What is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another fabulous installment of the Matt and Dennis podcast. I, of course, Dennis Betsy. Joined alongside by my esteemed colleague, my overreactionary best friend, Matt Sprung. What's shaking, baby?
0: Dennis, pleasure as always. A special shout out to Minor League Baseball that returned on Tuesday. I've been going to the stadium right across the street, been getting some beers, been getting some hot dogs, got a foul ball. It's been a good week and uh, looking forward to being here with you. That
1: is pretty uh, impressive to game one, game two that you just happen to get a foul ball. Yep. I mean, how many fans are actually there, though?
0: I mean, it's minor league baseball, so I mean, a lot of fans at a minor league baseball game is different than a lot of fans. Are you wrestling little kids for that foul ball? No, but there was a little kid running towards me, and I could hear the like the disappointment. He's like, "Oh no!" And I, then I gave the ball to Lauren, and I look like the hero. So, look yeah. like
1: the hero, you say?
0: Might be going uh, going to the game again tonight, right after this. We'll see. Well, why well, not? Yeah. I don't know if you can tell what I'm doing back here, but we're just, this is how we do
1: things, live production here. Usually I have computer issues, Matt, as you know, so I'm trying to plug in my uh, microphone here. You sound good. Totally forgot to do it, so just as we do the show, but folks, hopefully I switch over but, uh, Matt. Why don't you tell the people what's on tap for the show while I make this uh, little necessary change?
0: Yeah, okay, Dennis, I, I would love to. Well, first off, the um, draft is over, so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the Giants and uh, did we like their draft? Are we not fans of their draft? Are we somewhere in the middle? Uh, what do the two of us grade it? Do we agree or disagree on that? What does it mean for the Giants' future? We will discuss that tonight, uh, followed by uh, an in-depth conversation at, about our beloved New York Yankees, who have really turned it around, and we'll obviously dig deeper into that. And I think Dennis uh, and I have some disagreements on uh, how certain players have been treated by myself and Yankees fans. And um, I'm looking forward to that discussion because that's something I want to bring up, as well as topics related to that that come from um, our our group chat as we typically do. But those are a few of our topics, Dennis. Dennis, I can't hear a thing you're saying. I think you're muted. So I will continue talking. Um, we're off to a great start. Um, on the, uh, I heard something there. Nope, you are still muted. By now. Not that much better. Yes, I can hear you now. Just the uh, right click
1: of the button there. That's all it took, baby. Hopefully, I don't have that weird zoom thing where I sound like I'm underwater, thus having me to edit more of this podcast than I want to. I would really only like to trim the front and back put in something dumb and stupid that we say beforehand in the beginning. That's all I want. But you know, but like you said, Matt, yes, two big things on the docket, thus being the giants and the Yankees. So let's start with the giants and I'm going to give you the floor right away because I know you addressed this on the show last week with our great buddies, Kyle Barron and Steve Salvo. You apologize to Dave Gettleman Mm -hmm. after completely losing your marbles Mm -hmm. for 10-15 10-15 minutes or so I would say while recapping the Eagles jumping the Giants the Cowboys allowing it to happen and us going in getting someone that like you would you had previewed when we were expecting picks that the Giants would get someone that nobody has ever heard of unless you are a big enough college football fan why would you know who the Florida Gators number one receiver are there are much bigger names In that conference, receiver-wise, we saw all three of them go in the top 10, 11 picks uh, in Chase, Waddle and Smith. So, but upon that, after that, seeing that we're getting a first-round pick from the Bears in that trade, moving Mm -hmm. back, getting a guy that it seems like the Giants were going receiver no matter what, and they got a guy who is not Devontae Smith, but comparable to Devontae Smith. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the draft, really going after big time studs on the defensive front to really sh- shore up that pass rush. We'll get into the offensive line needs. And, you know, I have an opinion on that. I know you do, mm-hmm. but just your thought, you were reactionary. You were the one guy on the podcast that lose, like I said, losing his marbles. And I, I think justified for maybe two minutes. Uh, and, you know, you just went a little bit further than that.
0: Yeah. Dennis, we'll- what I'll say for starters is uh, I wasn't the only one that, I, I mean, maybe I'm the only one that was quote unquote losing their marbles, but I think there were a lot of audible gasps in the room at the time when the Giants one drafted, like you mentioned, Kadarius Tony and two right before the Giants got to pick the Eagles jumped them traded within the division to another hated rival in the Dallas Cowboys Then to, for a brief moment in time, Steve Salvo in the room reporting from Adam Schefter's Twitter that to to our show that the Giants were not going to have a first round pick.
1: I think that was the biggest problem, that you and I were not on our phones, we're not paying attention to the draft Twitter verse that's going on. And Salvo saying that uh, an incorrect Adam Schefter tweet that the Giants have now traded back and we're getting a future first round pick but not this year's first round pick and when he said that I'm like that makes no sense are you telling me that the giants are just like yeah sure you come up to uh where were we 11 12
0: we were 11.
1: 11 right and you can just keep that 20th overall pick we don't need it no big deal yeah. like that would never happen right and then i got the espn update that said what is the actual trade and it was we kind of all came back down from freaking yeah. out for half if a second I-
0: when i listen to the show which i typically I, I go back and i listen to the entire show i play the entire thing when you post it its entirety because i want to like one for product production value see what we can improve on things like that but the other thing is there's a lot of times how
1: great was the production value last week come on little commercial advertisements i
0: i i think that was one of my favorites in terms of production value but I go back on it and say like, wow, Matt, why you completely forgot this? Or Matt, like looking back at it, that was a dumb comment. That didn't make any sense. He you you did make some dumb comments. You were wrong there. This was one of the ones where, but, but when I did go back and listen to the, the show, there is a, a solid five minutes of time where between you, myself, and Kyle, we didn't know what was going on with this pick and we just knew the Eagles jumped us, got the receiver that the Giants pretty much admitted was going to be their guy. Um, Gettleman admitted that. Joe Judge admitted that on the fan and, and all these other yeah, things. Yeah, it was
1: hours before. They said the Giants are expected to take one of the Alabama receivers.
0: Right. And so that mixed with not getting this first-round pick it kind of led to my losing my marbles. But I will say, and I, I, I came out before the show was over, I said that, you know, like, when we went to the brig, I got to read into this more. I got to look at Kadarius Toney and kind of his background. Like you said, I'm not a huge – not a college football fan per se, not an SEC fan. Um, So I did not know much about him. So I had to do my research during that show. I did my research the last week. I really like the pick. I would have loved to have Devontae Smith there, but it didn't happen. But getting a guy of Kadarius Toney's caliber – and, and what we got in return um, from the Chicago Bears in a draft that a lot of people are, are believing in the 2022 draft is going to be a significantly stronger class than the draft that we just had last week. Um, Wait, in terms of? Just in terms of talent towards the top of the board. Maybe. I. At least the one know.
1: thing it will be is it's quite possible. We could see just as good or if not better quarterback prospects. Right.
0: Also true. Um, but like you mentioned, you say, I am very over reactionary. I'm very reactionary. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I, I think that comes from not to joke about this, but I think that comes from like a PTSD type of situation <laughs> with our teams, whether it be the giants and the Yankees and that we've kind of seen this scenario we've seen this movie before so i think that's where a lot of that comes from me speaking uh uh for myself um but in, in a in a general sense i am very pleased um with the draft um i think a lot of giants fans myself included have been slowly coming around um to dave gettleman and what giants media says let him see this out whatever this project is whatever direction he's taking the ship in, let him see it out. Let him finish what he has to finish. And then at the end we can be the, the, the trial or, or the jury and, and see what we, what we thought or what worked or what didn't work. I think this was a good draft. You mentioned briefly, my one concern about this is we did not address the offensive line. Obviously in free agency, we did a lot to help out Daniel Jones in this draft. Uh, We drafted Kadarius Toney first round before we really went defense heavy. We expect Saquon Barkley to be back healthy, fully available by week one. So when you put together all of those things, you and I have said it on a past show, Daniel Jones, barring a situation where the injury bug really kicks the Giants' ass, Daniel Jones should not have any excuses this year. I also said that thinking that going into this draft – not in the first round, not in the second round, but that we would address the offensive line. We didn't address the offensive line once. And that is, that is concerning to me, considering how eager Dave Gettleman, the Giants front office has been to surround Daniel Jones with every weapon imaginable. So with all that having been said, and at this point, it sounds like a, we sound like broken records and it sounds like a cliche, But the best offense or the best offensive weapons in the league won't mean anything if Daniel Jones doesn't have a tenth of a second to throw the ball and he's eating dirt uh, every game like he did last week. I don't know if he's going to fix his fumble problem, any of that, but an offensive line that's giving him no protection won't help that. And an offensive line that's not giving Saquon Barkley anywhere to run, that could be a dangerous situation. And then these big signings like Kenny Galladay, like Kyle Rudolph may mean little to nothing if this offensive line. Dave Gettleman says the Giants' front office has more faith in it than the fans and the media do. So, uh, Your
1: Your concerns are valid, 100%. Any Giant fan knows we need the offensive. We haven't had a stable offensive line for a long time. How many years did we go defending Eli Manning, saying that Eli Manning's career is not just ending, he's not getting worse, it's that he doesn't have any time to throw the ball. He's not a mobile quarterback. He needs seconds in the pocket. It was the offensive line. All of a sudden, we saw Daniel Jones come up who can extend the plays, and he's like the second coming. He's a messiah. Look at this. Look at what he can do, but still under pressure, adding his inability to hold on to the football oftentimes when scrambling. So it's an added just frustration for the Giants watching the offense. Like you said, the weapons will be useless, and in But when you texted me that and your concerns that we didn't address the offensive line, I wanted to immediately play devil's advocate just to have some differences, differing opinions on the show. But I honestly disagree with you. I think them not addressing the offensive line in this draft shows the confidence in the guys that are in the room right now, shows that Andrew Thomas could take that next step, whether it be at left tackle sharing time with Solder or if maybe they move them over to the right side at times. I think the play of Pert last year, I think the play of Lemieux last year is giving the Giants just positive vibes, honestly, that the offensive line is on its way up. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're missing some pieces, but with the picks acquired this year, having the guys in the room, I think maybe they looked at it and said the defensive value is too big it's too it you can't pass up on it so let's address these needs now let's worry if we do see more issues in the offensive line that's what we will address next year because let's be honest we're not going offense next year probably in the first round I think Tony was the last weapon they wanted as long as Barkley is healthy uh we have Galladay you would assume he's going to be a number one guy for a few years Shepard needs to stay healthy he's a comparable number two slot guy. I think Slayton could have some pressure drawn away from him with Galladay on the other side of the field. Maybe Evan Ingram finally takes that next step and looks like the guy he was at Old Miss, where he was basically a receiver, not a tight end. And then Tony, I think Tony, just the speed threat, the guy that can go downfield, the issues he could pose for a defense. Just look at what guys like Tyree Kill can do on an offense that has enough weapons around it. I'm not saying the Giants' other weapons are comparable to the Chiefs, but, you know, we can get there. But so still, I think I, but not I, addressing the offensive line isn't a huge issue for me.
0: Well, So, so I mean, I think we're talking about kind of in terms of the offensive line. I think we're talking about because you're right. This very obviously says Gettleman has more faith in the offensive line. Than you're
1: supposed to totally people. disagree with me. We're supposed to have an argument on this
0: show. Looking no, I for... do. So I do disagree to an extent. I, I I agree that this shows that the Giants have confidence. Dave Gettleman has said that since the days since the draft. That he has a lot more confidence than... It's clear a lot of other people do in the offensive line and the offensive line did improve. There's, there's no doubt about it as the season went on. I just still think there's a lot of holes. And again, for this big overhaul that we're talking about, this big offensive overhaul for Daniel Jones, I I just have, my concern isn't that they have faith in them. It's, and, and that they have confidence. That's a good thing. That's awesome. I I'm pleased to hear that, but, is there confidence in, in that offensive line? Is it?
1: You sound like you're more concerned with the actual talent that is on that offensive line.
0: That's that is Are my,
1: they the right guys. You hope Thomas is because let's be honest, we wait, that's a, that's a top five pick right? And Andrew Thomas. And,
0: and a concern of mine is that, and I'm very happy about how this guy is, has as developed so far, but Matt pert, it's a concern that Matt pert looked to me significantly better than Thomas did.
1: Well, and also the Thomas pick is going to be scrutinized because you have the team that plays in the same stadium with you with Becton, who looked really good last year before he had some injury issues. And Tristan Warps was also taken in that top 10 with the Bucs. And he looks like he could be a Pro Bowl talent. And let's be honest, he was part of that offensive line that led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl. So both of whom were drafted in or right, I think the Jets were right out, not the Jets, the Bucs were right around the top 10, Spot, but both of these guys were drafted after Thomas. So if Thomas doesn't shake out, then, then yes, you have to absolutely scrutinize Gettleman and the staff that's there. That's just why Thomas over these guys. So I.
0: am I, am I going to be losing sleep over this between draft day and no, because I, 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 like I said, I think I mentioned this to you. The season, when the season gets here, the Giants offensive line does not need to be a top five offensive line in football. They just need to be average. We have enough offensive weapons. And I really do have faith in Daniel Jones in, in, in his throwing ability and his ability to extend plays, whether it's him taking off running, I really do have faith in him and I'm not going to, the offensive line just needs to quote unquote, get the job done. It doesn't need to be a top offensive line in football. It just needs to be better than it's been. I will take an average offensive line with the weapons we have with healthy Saquon Barkley and with what you would hope would be an improved Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, and what you would hope is with these added weapons that the Giants can actually move the football down the field. The issue with that is Jones needs more time to look downfield to find the guys that are 10, 15, 20 yards down the field, moving the ball. Then that doing that successfully, opens up the play action it opens up more opportunities for Barkley running in the backfield it's not him having to scamper and juke and duke everybody out of their shoes at the line of scrimmage no let him get to the second level and then do that that's where he was most successful in his rookie year so yeah I'm with you that are these the right guys I'm very happy that it seems that they're confident in those guys that gives me confidence at least for now we get to week three or week four and we're looking at the same issues for the giants. Then we start asking the questions like, all right, well, why didn't we address, unless the defense is otherworldly, unless these guys come out and nobody can throw on them and there's constant pressure from the defensive line, then it's like, okay, well, we're getting our defense back. Let's be honest. That's what won two super bowls for the giants in the last 20 years. Then I'd be okay with it. But if we just see a subpar defense giving up 28 points a game, and our offense is struggling to move the football because Daniel Jones only has three, four seconds before he's got defenders in his face. And Barkley is running sideways more often than not. Then, yeah, I think we have real issues. But I, right now, I really don't believe that'll happen. I really believe that, it's crazy to say this, but next to Washington, because I, I don't know how much faith I have in Dallas yet, but I mean, with the way Washington played down the stretch last year, would you not have the most faith probably in Washington and New York in that division coming in this
0: year? I love Washington's defense, but I think right now, in my way too early prediction, just by default, Dallas has to be the, the popular choice just because of who their quarterback is. I think by default, I don't feel good in that and would not be shocked if it goes another direction. I genuinely think the giants have a shot at this division I think that this division is going to be improved. I still don't think it's going to be good. Um, this brings me joy in saying I genuinely yeah, – 10, 10
1: wins absolutely wins this division, and it might not get to that point.
0: Yeah. I I, I don't think I, – again, I think it will be better, and I – but I, I think 10 wins, yeah. 10 wins I think wins this division by, by a game, game and a half or two. Or yeah, two. And I, I
1: think – I honestly – it's weird. I think outside of Washington, who still has answers at the quarterback – position but every team has a capable running back that they trust and showed last year Us outside from Barkley being hurt but we know what he's capable of that can be let's say top tier running backs in the national football league I think if the Giants improve and obviously with Leonard Williams coming back with them and Washington probably the better the pass rushing I think cornerback wise maybe only the giants at this point i i mean i think any i mean you could still throw on the giants but i think we should be improved and obviously with bradbury who proved last year he's an absolute stud and then i mean if the cowboys if their interior stays healthy i mean the, the linebacking core that they have it'll be tough to run the football against them but i don't know I, I, i'm with you it's gonna be the same type of football that we saw last year just a little bit better
0: right I, I think I think the only like significant change is I, I think Dallas obviously getting their quarterback um, back will be slightly improved. I think the Giants will be improved. I think Washington, again, a lot of question marks for me, but I think they'll be improved. I think the only team that has not improved, brings me joy in saying this, I think, is the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think because of a multitude of reasons uh, going on in their organization, um, I think they've become weaker because of their financial situation and And it sounds like some people in Philadelphia don't even aren't even confident about their quarterback, which to me is a little surprising. It sounds like I have more faith in their quarterback than they do. Um, They're going to put a lot on Jalen Hurt's shoulders um, this year. So I I do think out of all those teams, the Eagles are the only ones that really didn't take these aren't big steps forward, but I think the Eagles are the only one that did not take a step forward. Well, I mean, I think the Giants, I think the Giants had
1: huge help getting Smith. They needed a wide receiver. Yeah. a competent number one, will it, will he be able to jump on the scene right away right. and be a number one? I don't know. Right. So that's a question mark, but you know, I. that's another thing. All these teams have very capable receiving rooms with, I think quarterbacks that can move the ball down the field. Again, I don't know what Washington looks like. I mean, quarterback wise, but they got to the playoffs and he looked, Holinsky, whatever, he looked really good. So, they almost beat Tampa.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean. I mean Holinsky, that wasn't his name. What was his name? It was um, – Not
1: Holinsky? Who am I thinking of
0: then? The guy from uh, Old Dominion. Um, what was his name? Um, let me say, I'm, I'm looking it up. Uh, Heineke. Heineke. All right, so I was close. Holinsky. Somebody's Helenski.
1: Holinsky <laughs> sounds like – I don't know old accountant that you go to like something's wrong with the books
0: Holinsky? Hey, Holinsky.
1: all right man any Holins- closing
0: thoughts on the giants no i was just gonna say Helensky sounds like like the, the family dentist or something like dr Helensky's office or or helinski attorney at law something something like that no i'm again generally uh pleased um i i did overreact um i still like i mentioned still have my concerns but i really like. Um, what we got I, I think it is a haul that we got from Chicago I'm pleased I I think this team is in a much better position than we were last year we're not we're not there yet but we are in a much better position in my opinion um, and we'll see how the offseason continues to progress into into the summer into training camp and into whatever the preseason is now is it two games
1: yeah I don't know why I mean I don't watch the preseason anyway so or I do. Sense. I tune in for, like, the first series and then turn it off.
0: I, I, I tune in to just see how much action those, like, late-round draft picks and those guys are getting. Yeah. All
1: that yeah. Also, though, hats off, which we didn't really mention this, and, I mean, just as New York fans, thank you to the shit, uh, city of Chicago because big trade with the Yankees when we trade Chapman and then we get Chapman back and in the, in the trade, we get Gleyber Torres who has obviously been a staple on the Yankees the past couple of years. And now this where, and you had to do that. They got a world series out of it. So it's not like they're going to be like, Oh, well you, you know, we just gave you everything back. Like, no, they got what they needed. And now hopefully they get their savior at quarterback where it just has been a graveyard of quarterbacks for the Chicago bears since pretty much the eighties. I mean, we mentioned this, they haven't had a starting quarterback throw for 4,000 yards in a season. That's unheard of. Drew Brees almost threw for 6,000 a couple of years ago. So it's like 5,000 is the norm for a really good quarterback. You're telling me no one could reach 4,000. So hopefully they get Justin Fields. And in the process, the Giants still get a receiver, I guess, that was high on their draft board and an extra first round pick next year, whether they use that or use it as trade leverage. Either way. So you know what? City city of Chicago, I'm with you. Your friends go Cubs, go White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks, all of them. Hey, Chicago
0: say thank you for glaber day
1: they have good hot dogs too i'm, I'm a fan of the chicago dog chicago got a little too much going on but i like that little little peppers i like the poppy seed bun the poppy seed guy
0: dennis let me use that that to transition really quickly if you don't mind sure. to baseball where glaber torres ever since he got yelled at by aaron boone for not hustling <laughs> has looked great and glaber torres i texted you guys during the game did he get
1: yelled at though from, from what we hear... He, I mean, everybody asked Aaron Boone, and he was like, that's what happens in my... I, I can't imagine Aaron Boone yelling at
0: someone. I, I'm sure he gave him a stern talking, to. A
1: little finger but, waggling.
0: Listen to me,
1: hey, Glaber Torres,
0: which eventually turned out to be a Yankees loss. They took two out of three, so I'm fine with that. It would have been nice to get the sweep, but I'll take the two out of three, all things considered. Um, but Glaber Torres was at first, I think because he had a base hit. He's on first, and I think it's Aaron Hicks, infield base hit to second base and whoever was there i don't know, i don't think it was out too i thought it was correa that grabbed i don't i don't know who it was um but misses it like just kind of fumbles the ball it was an infield base hit not an error and uh glaber on this play makes to second but then realizes as he gets to second that they had the shift so no one's at third so he runs to third while no one's at third and the uh the catcher is halfway up the third baseline the ball is still at second base. Glaber notices all he has to do now is outrun the catcher and just books it home, rounded three bases, and scored from first on an infield base hit. There were no throwing errors, no pass balls, and he was able to do that, and I thought that was very impressive. I just wanted to start off with that before I forget, but I'll give you back the mic.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it. Sounds impressive. It, it just sounds like a complete lapse on the Astros' part. And if they hadn't already had the lead by what was four runs at that point, I guess it could have been bigger than it was.
0: It was 5-3 at that point, and that made it 5-4. Oh, so the
1: Astros it. – didn't they didn't they win 7-4? Yeah. So they, they added had, two more runs. All right. I thought – because I saw Altuve's home run, and then I left work. So
0: Yeah, they had a two-run home run in the top of the ninth.
1: Which sense. also was just an absolute moonshot. That classic Altuve up in the zone, and he's able to flick the wrist. Uh, you know, just – it's, it's upsetting when a back gets a home run, but what are you going to do? Uh, but, Matt, yeah, like you said, let's talk Yankees. And, again, overreaction from you not two weeks ago on this podcast just completely coming after the Yankees, and albeit justified to a degree. But I tried to say to calm down. It's only April. The reason people are upset is because we're watching a Yankee season from last year where they barely finish above 500, get into the playoffs with the same issues. They come out this season and start with the same issues. We're looking at a team that's in last place, the worst team in baseball, in the American League, and I don't think we were the worst team in baseball. It
0: might have been. They were the worst team. They were the worst, were team, the worst team
1: in baseball? Okay. The Red Sox are in first in the division in the midst of a nine-game win streak. Well, here we are now, two weeks removed, and we were doing the show that night when we were complaining about the Yankees. Watch them beat the Braves. Does this move things forward? Not exactly. Cause they lost the next night to the Braves, but, and they sweep the Indians. They take, I think three of four from the Orioles. I think it was a four game series following that. Uh, and then I don't know if there was a series nope. or two in between.
0: We took two out of four from the Orioles.
1: Oh, we, okay. Split with the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Then I think we had one more series or maybe two before we got on this little winning streak where we swept Detroit, uh, or swept Cleveland, took three of four from Detroit, and now took two of three from Houston. We swept Detroit. Did we sweep Detroit? Okay. I should have written it down. I had it all, like, just looking at it. There are too many W's and L's. I can't keep up with the, the way it goes. But they're, they're rolling, and currently in second place, and I don't know what happened with the Red Sox today. They were down one heading into the eighth against the Tigers. Uh, so, I mean, maybe no movement there. But Stanton's red hot to be fair. He did strike out twice today, but he did hit another moonshot and an important one too. It's not like they didn't, they didn't not need to put the Yankees on the board started things you would have assumed three runs would be just fine for Garrett Cole. But uh, Alvarez had his number today, hit two home runs. So it is what it is. But then the bullpen just get it done, but here, the Yankees are playing really good baseball. And it's almost like you can't even remember how bad they were just two weeks ago. Like we're only the, it's the sixth of May today, and it, last week, we're talking about a team that's struggling and can't score runs, and how good is the bullpen. Now we're looking at our all this Chapman, which, yes, I'll eat my little crow. I did say he didn't look right. Maybe he's not the same guy. His 100 mile an hour fastball is whatever. If his slider's not working, he's completely hittable, well, right now he's unhittable can't touch him. Stanton's on fire. Gleyber, like you said, is playing better. Aaron Hicks, his batting average is still under 200, but the last six games, he's got a batting average over 400. So he's starting to heat up.
0: Best part about Chapman is everyone knows exactly what's coming and they still can't Yeah, it's either
1: a 100-mile-an-hour fastball or a slider in the dirt. Pick one. 50% of the time, you could probably hit a ball over 100 miles an hour back at him. So
0: You have have two strikes on you, you know what's coming, and you still can't hit it. It's 100, 101-mile-an-hour fastball.
1: And that's the other thing, too, where it looked like his velocity had dipped at times last year, and clearly it has not. It, he's right back up into the triple digits consistently, so that's good to see. I think the, I mean, the biggest improvement bullpen-wise is Lewisica, the way he has pitched all season long, not just recently during this little stretch that they're on. He might be the most reliable arm outside of Chapman, obviously, but you got to get to Chapman right now in the Yankee bullpen. So, man, I just want to – I mean, I don't know where you sit, but I just keep getting updates on my phone. Another Yankee win. Another Yankee win. Another save for all, for all this Chapman. Make me look really stupid. But it is what
0: it is. Yeah. Dennis, Are you
1: happier now? Two weeks removed from just bashing the Bronx Bombers?
0: For, for sure. I'm, I'm thrilled right now. Again, I am thrilled coming off of a loss to the Houston Astros. Two out of three. <laughs> No, I'm. I'm being serious. I, I am thrilled, even even though we lost today, which is, you almost
1: don't care about this loss.
0: I don't. No, I really don't. Because if you told me two weeks ago what how our last uh, streak of ten games or so has been going, how the last twelve games have been going for Giancarlo Stanton, and I would have I would have been elated if you told me that that's what was going to happen. And uh, I think, in, in my opinion, I, I kind of hoped that playing Cleveland (laughs) playing Baltimore playing Detroit back to back to back would like light a fire under our ass or or us beating bad teams would get this team confident again because that was glaring to me that there wasn't anyone on that team outside of say the pitching staff that had any confidence in their abilities um I want to go backwards just a just a second and this is we've talked about this off the air you guys had a problem with my negativity and i had a problem with your guys lack of of negativity you're
1: fair. don't really lump me in with that i wasn't involved in any of these discussions
0: i'll i'll lump you in in a bit there because you're still saying i was kind of out of bounds or or i shouldn't have been criticizing Stanton or judge who let's hold our horses for a second judge had seven straight strikeouts and has uh, been going. Yeah, I'm not
1: a- saying he's playing well right now.
0: Yeah. So even our
1: good buddy, Ellis Gill in another group message did okay. text that judge has to wake up because it's getting a little annoying at this
0: point. But last night you did come at me uh, saying that I was talking smack on judge and Stan. You did use those two players as examples. Well, you were in the midst of judge on a seven strikeout streak. Nonetheless,
1: what about the other guy? The other guy's batting over 300.
0: Nonetheless, here's my thing. Um, I've obviously become public enemy number one in our Yankees friend circle because I dared criticize the Yankees when they came out. how dare you? When they came out looking like absolute crap, like last season's issues hadn't ended, having historically bad numbers um, when compared to Yankees history, um, having a historically bad start to the season, being the worst team in the American League, how dare I criticize that? And I would, I would challenge you to go back to our last few episodes when I'm talking about how disappointing it is watching the Yankees. And I say at the end of each one of my rants, when I talk about how Judge wasn't doing anything, when I talk about Stanton wasn't doing anything, and Hicks and Sanchez, and yada, yada, yada. At the end of every single one, what did I say? I said, you know what? The Yankees are going to bounce back. There's too much talent on this team. They'll bounce back, and they'll look good, we'll forget all about it, and then there'll be another uh, another dry spell that we go into down the road and we'll be saying the same things. And that's okay. Then that's perfectly fine. I just don't get like what's like, oh Matt, like told you like I I I never said that the Yankees would but go. You you ask for it.
1: You jump down their throats, and like I said, when I started this but topic, I, it's justified. You jumping down their throats, but But then when we do start to play well, you, you have to take that right ammunition that you gave everyone else. Like, Oh, when they start doing well, because the only way you win is if they never do well.
0: But here's, but here's the thing, like the way you're phrasing this and the way a lot of our fellow Yankee fan friends have phrased this as if it's a matter of being right and wrong. Like I told you so it's winners and losers. That's it. It's but it's not I want winners. It's right. It's not a matter of yes and, and no, it's I'm going to boo when the Yankees look like crap. I'm going to cheer when the Yankees do well. I have said every single time that I've criticized them from that horrendous start, which is still absolutely horrendous. That's why we're only a game above. I think we're 500 right now. Over 30 games in with this loss today, we're still behind the Red Sox. When I, what I said after every time I criticized them was we will bounce back. I know we will. We will be fine. But I can still be mad at my team now. It doesn't mean I can't cheer when my team is doing well down the road. I just
1: think it's just, it's just that it's such a long season. So you being mad now, it's like, all right. I, this is why I didn't get into any of the arguments text-wise. I just clicked the little button so I can get rid of the red mark on my messages because it's April. I'm not arguing about what's happening right now. Am I frustrated? Sure. And the frustration is like what I said. It mounts from last year looking at a Yankee team where these same things happen right. from postseason play. And now we start this season and it's the same issue. So it's like, well, what is going on? Is it a coaching? You start just thinking, what's the real issue? Is it the players? Is it the coaching staff? What, I mean, let, let's knock on wood because so far we're healthy. I'm just sitting back waiting for that injury bug to come and I don't want to jinx us, but you know, it's coming. It'll, it's going to take somebody and unless we're just going to have one of those years where finally, finally we're equipped, healthy across the board and then it should translate into a world series. What but- would
0: think? And again, I'm just, just to defend myself. That's that's the issue. I'm not I wasn't right or wrong. Like, wow, the Yankees are terrible. It's always going to be like this. I know never... yeah,
1: you're, you're always going to be right and wrong. Correct. You were that's... right. But now you're wrong. But you no, like no, you're I... not wrong because it, they just eventually came out of the funk. And it's also like you're They're... not you're not upset that the Yankees are doing well.
0: No. And like everyone's
1: going to come down on you like, oh, Matt told you they bounce back. And it's like, oh, wow, you really told me I'm on cloud nine because the Yankees are on a massive winning streak.
0: Well, I was well, I was told by a birdie here in the room uh that I stir the pot when every time the Yankees win, it's Matt, hey Matt, hey Matt. You do stir the pot. I don't, which is confusing. you bring you bring it upon yourself. I say when Stanton looks like crap, which the entire team, seven or eight of them were batting below two hundred. I say they look like crap, and everyone gets butthurt at me saying pointing out the obvious. Now the Yankees are good, and I'm saying, wow, look at Stan, he's he's kicking ass right now. There's no right. There's no wrong. It was, this is what was happening. That was the reality of the situation. Now the Yankees look much better and this is the current reality of the situation. So you can, as a fan, it is your responsibility to when your team is doing well to root them on and cheer them on, but you can also, when your team is doing poor, say, why does this keep happening? Why do we look so bad? I just
1: can't get invested this early in the season.
0: And that is a fair argument. If it's August
1: and they're hitting like this, it's concerning. Yes. Uh, And I, and we can transition into this, I guess, which
0: what I was going to, that was was just me saying like kind of how the the scope of the season thus far right now, the current situation is John Carlos Stanton is seemingly the hottest player in baseball. Aaron judge still, but the team as a whole, is still had getting. a nice
1: diving catch today.
0: You did. He playing good defense. The the team is just their 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 individual batting averages are slowly but surely getting more respectable as time goes on. It was my hope like I mentioned that playing Baltimore, Cleveland, Detroit back to back to back we could start getting some wins under our belt, start getting that confidence and it looks like that's helped. The pitching surrounding Garrett Cole in the starting rotation has gotten better um uh, uh what's his name uh Corey Kluber has seemingly seemingly looks like Corey Kluber of old yeah. um, and has been playing extremely well again we went through a patch of those teams aren't the best so i wouldn't say yep world series bound we beat detroit and we beat baltimore but get more of those wins under we we played a, a difficult houston team and took 2 out of 3 we had the, the stadium rocking again obviously we were playing the current public enemy of major league baseball but we had the stadium rocking we had big plays defensively offensively and our big bat and John Carlos Stanton seems to have woken up and he is playing mvp caliber baseball he said we hoped we would see from him and yeah i'm right now again we we play the nationals next um I think we should build off this after taking two or three from Houston. The locker room Yankees fans, we should be feeling good. I I've, Red Sox were losing to Detroit last time I checked. Um, so if they do lose, I believe we're just a game out of first um, if they did lose. So I think a lot of reason for optimism. I really hope this keeps going. And, uh, yeah, no, I was just very pleased with a lot of things I saw the last week, week and a half for the Yankees. And I feel good. Like, again, like I said, I, that, that would happen eventually. There's just too much talent on the team for them to not play well, but they were just playing historically terrible. It wasn't just like, Oh, we're playing 500 baseball. We should be kicking ass right now. We were playing historically bad baseball. Now it it looks like the, 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 the tide is turning, at least for the time being, let's just get back to this first place, Mark. Let's just kind of build, some like a gap of space between us and the bottom teams in this division. And let's go from there and see what happens.
1: Well, and I think, it, it, you know, I, I wanted to bring up the, like you're saying just the momentum and what I think the stadium did for the Yank, these players the last couple of days. But when I look around baseball and I'm looking at the standings, there's no one running away anywhere. All teams are around 500, a couple of games above, a couple games below outside of Oakland and Oakland had, what was an 11, 12 game win streak. Yeah. That they were on outside of them, maybe looking like the best team in baseball because of that. The Red Sox have completely come back down to earth after their nine game win streak. That has done tremendous things for them. If they split, let's say they go six and three in that stretch, or even like, a, you know, five and five, four and five, like they're not in first place. The Yankees are, and they're right around where we are, around 500, around where the Blue Jays are and the Orioles and what's oh, in the race. Like we're all around the same record and outside of the AL central where three teams are 16 and 13 but then you get the Tigers that I think have I don't I think seven or eight wins right now so they're just bad it's eight, it's
0: eight or nine
1: I think. yeah it, it, it's not good but it was that was expected but we're only in May we're the first full week of May here every couple of years you have these years where by May there's a team that shouldn't be there the Blue Jays the Orioles historically have always been those teams the Rays started for a while, but then the Rays, of course, proved that they are actually a competent baseball team and can make runs during the year and become a playoff caliber team. But they'll hover around and be like, well, how are the Orioles in first place? And it's the mid 2000s and the Yankees have Jeter and A-Rod and look at the pitching staff that they did. Well, then come July, the Orioles are nowhere to be found out of what they are. They just can't sustain the success. They can't sustain 162 games. I think we're going to see that. But what we're seeing from the Yankees right now, and like I said, this will be a this is a big weekend to take two out of three again. That's what's the most positive thing about this little run that they're on. They haven't lost a series. They've tied or they've won these series. That's what you do to gain momentum. And in the midst of it, you sweep a Detroit, you take a bunch from the Indians, you take, you know, you tie, i mean, the Orioles. I don't know why the Orioles are being so tough, but I think they'll fall back. Maybe they're a little bit better than we thought. It's not an awful thing, yeah, for the division at least.
0: But Honestly, you mentioned you, you forgot one the Dodgers, they were a team that came out guns ablaze and they were brought back down to earth pretty quick. And yeah, I'm not really even thinking about the National League, yeah,
1: the yeah. NL East, they're all connected.
0: Although, well, the only reason I mentioned the Dodgers is because they were the odds on favorite to, to win the World the Series, perennial favorite, yeah. I don't, a, by a long shot, they don't look anything special right now, but um, but yeah, I think Michael K actually brought, I don't know if this is where you're getting this from, but Michael K like brought that up today, that exact point and said, I think there's an actual statistic so far from this year that it was the first, the first season ever in major league baseball, where at the end of the first month of the season, there was not a single team that hit a 600 uh, winning percentage, which is very interesting to think. about.
1: Whether that just shows a slow start, if there's more parity this year, where it could just be, I mean, we looked at World Series favorites. It was the Dodgers, Yankees, but off by a little bit. But then it's the White Sox, the yeah. Padres. They look average. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the Rays will be there in the end. I think the Dodgers eventually, I don't know if they're going to run away with it. But the Rockies are okay. The Giants look like they're definitely going to take an extra step this year compared to last year and the year before that. The NL Central, who the hell knows? It could be anybody. It could be the Cubs, could be the Brewers. But – And like, I I think we talked about this, the NL East, every time I think the Marlins will eventually fall down, but the Braves, Mets, Phillies, and Nationals, I think are going to compete with each other all year. And they're all going to hover around maybe 85 wins. Maybe someone gets 88 and wins that division. But look, all I'm saying is just the momentum carrying into this weekend and what I think the fans did. For the, and it's it sounds really stupid when I'm saying this, but just the energy that they brought to that ballpark for 10,000 people to be that loud and really give it to the Houston Astros, which is honestly, as baseball fans, is all we wanted, yeah. was that people wouldn't forget about it because we didn't get this last year. Last year, this was what was supposed to happen. And they got it a little bit from the players, obviously the Joe Kelly lower lip thing and Trevor Bauer talked a bunch of junk, but we didn't really get, the same thing. And the fans are giving it to them all across baseball. And I think when they enter these stadiums like LA, like New York, maybe Boston to a degree, they'll get it the most. And credit to the Yankee fans for the last three days of what they did. Even today, it's a Thursday, it's an afternoon game. The place was still pretty crowded. Saw the signs, you saw the inflatable trash cans. So that hopefully is a little bit of a push Like, all right, the fans are behind us now. Now we're playing better. The weather's warming up. All of these things start coming into play. Before you know it, like I said, the Yankees start rattling off a couple of wins. You get a win streak. You continue to win series. And by the end of May, we could be looking at a team that's 10, 12 games above 500.
0: Yep. Yep. I I agree. And I think this watching, like, this is something, again, I've mentioned on past shows, I don't think the Astros would get berated nearly as much if anything would have happened at all. And I'm seeing Dusty Baker. Oh, this is really got it. And they're, they're, I saw rumors that they're talking to major league baseball, like trying to get them to, to use their, their code of conduct to get fans to stop taunting the the Astros and nothing happened to the Astros. They were caught cheating and nothing happened to Any of them. There was no fine, no suspension, nothing. So they deserve this, and they're going to get this forever. And the lack of remorse that some of these guys like Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve have shown. That's what I was
1: just going to say. When they made their public apologies, right? there was no remorse.
0: There was no apology.
1: I'm here because I have to be. You might as well say that.
0: Right. And now Jose Altuve, yeah, no doubt about it. He's a great hitter, great player, no doubt about it. But this is, and I think Michael Kay was the one today said this is going to be the soundtrack of his career for the rest of his career. Him, Bregman, Correa, I'm very curious, excuse me, what it's going to sound like when the Blue Jays come back and Springer is healthy. Those guys, this is going to follow them around for the rest of their career because one, they never showed any remorse. Two, they were good. So that just automatically makes you want to root against them. But three, nothing happened.
1: Yeah, the Tigers came to town. The announcement of AJ Hinch managing, he was booed. Yeah. That stuff needs to happen because, like you said, with no punishment, your coach is coaching again a year and a half later. All the play, none of no, no, no suspensions, no fines, nothing. Right. Guys get in arguments with other players and they get fined for crashing into home plate or calling balls and strikes or flipping a bat when they hit a big home run. Those are the big issues around Major League Baseball right now. Not guys wearing buzzards around their chest, beating trash cans in the outfield, and winning World Series doing so.
0: Yep, and I, I think I'd add one more thing. I heard Stanton MVP chance at one point during the game. A little too early, and, but all right. Very, very early, but I think – It's really-
1: extra motivation for him. Keep doing it.
0: There, if there's any other place where you can be booed out the building and then get MVP chance, not even two weeks later, it's New York. And I think that probably had to have felt good for the team as a whole and motivates them when you actually got Yankee stadium cheering for you and not booing you at every at bat. So I'm, I'm excited for, for where we're at now. It, it finally kind of feels like with all of that now behind us, like clean slate, the season we're game out of first place. Boston doesn't look good right now. Fresh start. Let's go.
1: Well put. I'll leave it I have up. nothing else to say to that. I think we end it there unless you got anything you want to get off your chest
0: because that's the way to end it. I think I'm good. I think I just realized I don't want to go to this minor league game anymore because the weather is still pooping Come on. Down. You know, you love the lug nuts. I do. I just don't feel like sitting in a wet seat, uh, the rain and goop, so I may may pass on this one. The rain and the goop, huh? Sun shining over in these parts. Yeah, there's no sh- sunshine over here today.
1: Well, Matt, pleasure as always. Giants, a little bit of optimism. Yankees, much more optimism this time around. Uh, and of course, we appreciate all of you listening, downloading the podcast, follow us on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod, on Facebook, Matt Dennis. Follow us too. Dennis to De 21 M scars three, nine, one. I get that right. Yep. And then follow us. On the I've side. written it out enough times and I pretty much know what it is now for Matt Scarano. I am Dennis Vinci. Matt.
0: Adios. And I'm watching the Floyd Mayweather, which YouTube guys are he fighting? They're like fighting each other.
1: Some Paul. Yeah. Jake Paul, Logan Paul. They got blonde hair and tattoos and they're sexy.